It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 299 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live from Phillips Arena as the Hawks fell to the Brooklyn Nets by a final score of 110-90. to uh, Yes, that's a 20-point home loss for the Hawks. As you might imagine, this is not exactly going to be the most rosy podcast because, frankly, the Hawks did not play well in this game. You know, in the first half, it was not so bad. In the second half, uh, it was arguably, if not the worst half of the season from the Hawks' perspective. It was the second worst half, if not, you know, it's, it's sort of a neck-and-neck neck, uh, running there with the, in terms of uh, the home performance against the Toronto Raptors in which the first half was actually ghastly, and they were down 30-plus at the halftime break. This time around, they were really hanging around and actually led by one point at the halftime break, but uh, the, that uh, advantage was very short-lived as the Nets came out of the gates firing in the second half. A 17-0 run for Brooklyn basically ended the game, honestly. I mean, at that point, there's plenty of time to come back, but in retrospect, it certainly was the uh, the dagger blow for the uh, Nets towards the Hawks, and the uh, Hawks started the second half 1 of 18 from the floor. At one, uh, at one point in the second half, they, sh- they were shooting 8 of 36 from the field, which is uh, not going to get it done, as you might expect. That's a... Uh, a grand total of about 22% from the floor. That's not going to get you to many wins. And, you know, defensively, things were not terrible throughout this game. But in the same breath, it was not quite enough to overcome what was a ghastly offensive performance on the whole, especially in the second half. So, uh, and, you know, in short, before we get into the uh, specifics of some players in this game, uh, the Hawks were favored, actually. By the time this game started, they were actually they opened as, they opened as favorites and uh, it was bit down a little bit. But the Hawks were one-point favorites in this game. It was the third time this season that Atlanta was favored. Uh, all three games uh, came at home, uh, but the, this is the only time that the Hawks actually lost. The first game was the Kings game, which that was a 46-point win. Then it was the Knicks when they came to town. The Hawks won that game, and then this time the streak came to an end in terms of uh, the way that Hawks uh, played as, uh, as Las Vegas favorites. Some foul trouble early. Ursula Minnesota was hooked after two fouls in the first about two and a half minutes of this game. That did not you know, prove to be costly necessarily, but it did change the rotation a little bit in the early going. Uh, actually, uh, at one point in the, in the very, very few uh, opening minutes of this game, it looks as if Brooklyn was going to potentially have a nice little run. There was a 9-0 run from the Nets that was uh, immediately answered by a 9-0 run from the Hawks, so it looked to be a back-and-forth contest at that point in time. That played out really the entire first half because uh, from there, no lead, I think, swelled above five or six points on either side of the floor. Um, the first quarter actually was an offensive barrage on both sides. The Nets had a 130 offensive rating in the first quarter, whereas the Hawks had a 126 offensive rating, made four threes, and really were able to hang around despite some, uh, some tepid defense on the, in the uh, first 12 minutes of this game. Uh, in the entire first half, actually, the Hawks battled considerably. You know, the, de- the defense was much better in the second quarter than it was in the first. And offensively, um, Things took a little, bit, a little bit of a step back in that second quarter, but still Dennis Schroeder had 17 points on 10 field goal attempts in the first half. Uh, he made 
Uh, basically, did all, almost all of his damage there in the first half, as we'll talk about in a second, but Bud actually praised his performance after the game. I'm not sure I would uh, go along with that necessarily in watching this game a little bit uh, deeper, but at the same time, uh, you know, Schroeder was a, a big uh, impetus for the offense being confident in that first half of the game. But uh, as I mentioned before, the 17 run to open the third quarter was pretty much the dagger from there. The Nets led by as many as 29 points. Um, <laughs> it's kind of pretty much in- inconceivable, honestly. The Hawks were leading by one point at the half. They would be down at any point by 29, but they got out of control in a hurry. Uh, only Nick Racino did not appear in the game for the Hawks, which I actually think is kind of interesting. Um, I'm not really sure why that why that didn't happen, but uh, you know, even Malcolm Delaney and Tyler Dorsey appeared in the final four minutes of the contest. And uh, in general, this is a woeful, a woeful performance overall. You know, Budenholzer seemed uh, definitely at his wits end in the post-game press conference. It's probably the best way I could describe it for you. His voice was gone, as you might imagine, after this kind of loss. He was pretty exasperated. The players were clearly frustrated. Dennis Schroeder did not have much to say other than uh, you know that, that the team basically lost. He was not uh, very excited to talk, to talk about it. As you might imagine, nothing wrong with frustration there because they obviously let again get away against an opponent that's not exactly the greatest in the world. You know, Brooklyn, uh, it should be noted if you're not a, a huge follower of the Brooklyn Nets that you, know, you, you can see their record. And uh, even with this win now, they are 9-14. But... Um, they're actually probably worse than that talent-wise. They're playing without without their two best players, Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin. I know everybody saw them a little bit over the weekend when the Hawks won up in Brooklyn, but at the same time, uh, you know, those two guys being out is a pretty significant. Um, you know, no, no superstar play by anybody in this Brooklyn game, but they did have six guys in double figures. Karis Lever had a great game, 17 points and seven assists off the bench. Spencer did what he had his way with the Hawks a little bit defensively and uh, just in general. It was uh, not great uh, on that end of the floor. And really, but for me, it was all about the offense. I mean, the defense was acceptable-ish. It was a little bit below average, you would imagine, for what you would ha- that, for what you would see against a Brooklyn Nets offense. But uh, the offensive end of the floor just fell apart completely in the second half. And when you when you remember that the Hawks had a 126 offensive rating in the first quarter, they finished the game with an 88.8. Offensive rating, so a sub-80 offensive rating from the second through fourth quarters. That's going to lose you a game pretty much every single time, regardless of opponent. And the Hawks uh, got blown out as a result of that. Uh, before we get into the players, do want to remind you guys, as always, to check out the podcast and subscribe to it if you don't already do that. Also, the Lockdown Falcons podcast. It's a big week um, for those guys over there, Aaron Freeman and the crew. So please subscribe to that podcast. I would recommend it in a big way if you are a Hawks fan uh, and also a Falcons fan. I know that there's some serious crossover there. Not everybody not everybody roots for the Falcons, but if you do, uh, well, honestly, if, if, if you actually don't root for the Falcons, and you have your own NFL team, or if you like just the general NBA, there's a Locked On NBA podcast and a Locked On NFL podcast. There's a Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. All those things to say uh, that you can find another show or two or three that you want to listen to and check those out today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With that said, we'll get into the player portion of the podcast, a less than stellar performance, as I mentioned earlier. For pretty much everyone, I have to say, uh, nobody played particularly well in this game. It wasn't as if everybody was terrible, but the entire starting five was outscored, uh, as you might imagine, for most of this game by double figures. Um, Dennis Schroeder led the way with 19 points and four, re- four assists and five rebounds in 30 minutes of play. He was 9 of 17 from the floor, but as, you, as I mentioned before, he was very efficient in the first half and was not efficient at all in the second half. 
Uh, you know, Bud did praise him a little bit for, I think he said he played very well. I'm not sure about that necessarily. You know, defensively, uh, Schroeder's effort level was not great in this game. He dribbled the ball quite a bit as well, sort of dribbled the air out of the ball a couple of times. In the first half, it was passable because he was making all, making all of his shots and he was sort of probing in a slightly productive way. In the second half, it fell apart a little bit. You know, some of that is just missing shots, but I didn't think he played as well as the numbers probably indicated in here. Uh, Kent Bazemore, 13 points. Five rebounds for Kent, had two steals, had five turnovers, which you don't want to see from him. But 20, you know, 26 minutes was three of nine from the floor. Made all six of his free throws, which is, which is encouraging that he was able to get to the line that often, but he did not do anything that was necessarily spectacular. Miles Plumley careened back to earth after a very, very encouraging performance on Saturday, which he was legitimately good for most of that game that he played. Uh, this time around was not so good, The uh, especially in the early portion of the second half where everybody struggled. He was especially bad in that portion. 22 minutes from Miles. He was 0-4 from the floor. Uh, did have seven rebounds and two steals, but had four turnovers, which is uh, pretty ghastly for a guy who doesn't have the ball in his hands all that often. And uh, only one point for Miles Plumley. Uh, just you know, you can't expect too much out of him, knowing that he has not been playing a serious role. And uh, obviously, he, he, I think he overachieved pretty significantly on Saturday, but he was actually probably worse than I would have thought in this game. And uh, the Hawks just couldn't afford that with the, all the other stuff that's going on in the front court, especially when he talked about at least over missing some time early in the game with some foul trouble. They just could not afford to have Plumley sort of crash back to earth and that's exactly what happened in the spot. Uh, Ilyasova mentioned before had some foul trouble early, but still only played 20 minutes, was uh, 2 of 5 from the floor, had 5 points, four, uh, 2 rebounds, did have 3 steals. He was probably the best defensive player on the floor for most of this game for the Hawks. Uh, it was between him and Ben Bree, I, I would say, for that honor. Um, Ilyasova was at least giving effort and some craft on the end of the floor, but offensively he struggled a little bit. Uh, Torian Prince, lastly, in starting five. I thought he was legitimately bad in this game. Six points, six rebounds, had two assists, was two of nine from the floor. At one point, he was 0 of 7. He made his last two field goal attempts. Just was bad, honestly, in this game on both ends of the floor. Defensively, I've talked about this before, but I, I think he's certainly overrated. I, I don't actually think he's probably below average defensively right now, which is uh, it's, it's rough to take because you think that'd be where, at least I thought that would probably be where he would make his biggest strides this season. Um, for me, his offense has been you know okay-ish and uh, struggled a little bit, a, a little bit more recently, but uh, on this game, I just thought he was pretty bad on both ends of the floor. Some out of control stuff offensively. On, you know, did not have a uh, did not have a turnover, but just some stuff that was uh, inefficient and mess, sort of messing up the offense at, at different times, and especially defensively. Just you know, not not being where you're supposed to be, getting lost, over pursuing that kind of stuff. It wasn't as if he was you know absolutely terrible, but I thought he was pretty bad, honestly. When, especially when when you compare what you would expect him to do in a game like this, when the Hawks needed him to play well, he just did not do that in this game. Uh, off the bench, Tyler Cavanaugh, 23 minutes, took five field goal attempts, all threes. Uh, actually, Bud ran some uh, some ATO stuff for him a couple of times in this game, which I was a little bit surprised by. Had some good looks, made one of them, and missed the other couple. I don't think he had any four shots. Had, had one very nice offensive rebound that I'm remembering right now as I'm talking, um, but, you know, sort of an, an innocuous performance from Cavanaugh. He was just okay. Was plus one, actually. He was the only guy that was, aside from Bell, uh, sorry, from, uh, Dorsey and Delaney, who played very limited minutes, that had, was a, that has, had a positive on and off metric in this game, but that was not necessarily indicative of him um, playing lights out basketball. He was just okay. And uh, there it is with Tyler Cavanaugh. Luke Babbitt, 16 minutes. I actually thought for a brief moment in the first half that he wouldn't ever come in. Uh, you know, he was, he was available to play. He was, you know, Budenholzer was asked about Babbitt um, before the game even started about his uh, availability because he was listed on the injury report as probable with the back, and he referenced that a little bit. But uh, and Babbitt, you know, for whatever reason, the Hawks went small before bringing Babbitt in. He was a lineup that had Torian Prince at the four very early in this game. Part of that's probably because Brooklyn was playing pretty small as well with Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson 
at the power forward spot, but still, uh, Babbitt did appear, played 16 minutes, I thought he was okay, he took one really, really forced, about 27-footer from three, but aside from that, uh, you know, pretty solid minutes, just nothing spectacular, just, you know, three points, two rebounds, two assists, he was just out there and was okay. DeAndre Bember was very active. Uh, his second straight game with uh, more than 10 field goal attempts, first time in his career. He's done that, was 5 of 12 from the floor, had, uh, did, make a, did make a three in this game, was 1 of 4, but also had another one that rattled around about three times in the cylinder before falling out. So a pretty encouraging performance in terms of his shooting in this game. Uh, 13 points, three rebounds, two assists, had three turnovers, and actually had five fouls. He was very active, picked up a late foul as well to get to five, but... I thought DeAndre was, you know, pretty good, all things considered. Defensively, there were some, uh, some hiccups in terms of just attentiveness, but uh, on the whole, I thought he was probably the best defensive player on the roster between him and Elias as I mentioned before. He was very active and, uh, you know, not, not, not efficient in this game at 5 of 12 for 13 points, but still, I thought he was pretty good. Isaiah Taylor, um, next, on, next on the list, 9 points, 2 rebounds, uh, was 3 back from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3. I thought Taylor was pretty good, honestly. Um, you know, he had the same problem that everybody else had in the third quarter at different times, but uh, his, his effort level was very good. There was some people on, ch- uh, on Twitter chattering about how he was, uh, you know, more productive, or maybe not, maybe not more productive, just more solid than, than Dennis Schroeder is. Uh, you know, Schroeder's a better player, there's no question about that, but at the same time, you know, Taylor can look like he's in more control, especially in defensively. The effort level is just so much better. He's so much stronger on that end of the floor that you can definitely see the pros and cons there at different times when he has it going. And Marco Bellinelli, last but not least, in terms of the guys who played real minutes in this game, 19 minutes at eight points, was one of seven from the floor. They got to the line six times, made all six. But, uh, you know, Bellinelli a couple times, I mentioned this on Twitter a little bit during the game, but uh, defensively, it's just kind of awe-inspiring how bad he is. It's at different points. I, I, uh, I, gave, I gave Budenholzer some credit coming into the season that I thought he'd be able to sort of hide Bellinelli defensively. That is not going to be the case. I think we've seen enough of that now with more than a quarter of the season uh, in the books that we're not going to see Bellinelli just suddenly be able to be passable defensively. Offensively, the offense, when it's good, can overcome it. When he struggles offensively, though, he becomes you know borderline unplayable, and that's kind of tough because they just don't have uh, that many bodies on the wing to uh, use when he doesn't have it going offensively. Lastly, Marco, uh, sorry, Malcolm Delaney and Tyler Dorsey both came in for about the final, for about the final five minutes of this game. Both guys were actually pretty good. Um, you know, at that point, Brooklyn was not trying, but Delaney was aggressive, uh, got to the line for three attempts, and also made both of his field goal attempts. And Tyler Dorsey knocked down his only shot, attempted was at three. Um, those guys, you know, too, not not too much of a sample to talk actually talk about what they, what they were able to do on the floor. But you know, both came in playing hard, and it was not as if they were loafing it uh, with, with the score the way it was. Uh, again, I mentioned at the top of the podcast a little bit that Persino did not play in. The this game I'm not really sure why you bring him up honestly if you're gonna if you're not gonna play him in this game when the Hawks down 28 uh, sorry 29 in the fourth quarter um, I mean, it's not, a, it's not the biggest deal in the world that you would have a guy and not play him in this spot, but I just don't know why you bring him back from Erie. And, you know, only a couple of days ago now that, they had, that he ended up coming back, this is kind of the perfect spot to play him. He was active. He was in uniform. Throw him out there for the final couple of minutes just to kind of see what you got there. It's not exactly the worst thing, but uh, you're not going to have too many of those opportunities, and it, it seems clear that, you know, but at least at this point, is not uh, willing and able to throw guys out there just to throw them out there. Uh, at some point in the season, I'd, I'd imagine when the standings get completely out of control, you could see Bud sort of tinkering a little bit more giving Tyler Dorsey some playing time in the first half or Brasino, that kind of stuff, just kind of seeing what you have. Um, but at 5-18, five, five and 18, we apparently have not reached that point just yet, even if the Hawks uh, are, continue, are continuing to struggle. And this was obviously a performance that they will be trying to forget in a big way. 
So that's going to pretty much do it for today's podcast. It, you know, it's sort of a, sort of a doomsday show. When, that's what happens when you lose by 20 at home to a team that you are probably as talented as or maybe even more talented than in terms of uh, the – I mean, I guess you know, the Hawks are without two of their best players. Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's without two of their best players. Um, so everything's probably a little bit equal. Um, but at the same time, to lose by 20 to that team at home, really by anybody, but especially a non-playoff team by 20 at home is just not acceptable. And Bud was clearly frustrated as a result of that. We'll be back again tomorrow with episode 300 of the podcast which is going to be a little bit wild to, and kind of surreal to realize that how much how many shows we've been, we've been able to do in the last you know year and a half or so. We have a guest lineup for that, so hopefully that's going to come to fruition. We'll have a good time on that podcast, talk about the Hawks and some other stuff, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Please subscribe if you have not done that already. I uh, would really appreciate a review and a, and a rating, all that fun stuff, so we can uh, get out there a little bit more and spread the podcast as well as peachtreeups.com, where I'm the editor and lead writer. Check that site out as well, and uh, if you like the Hawks, as, as I'm assuming you do by listening to this podcast, that's a great place to uh, get your uh, get, the, get the written content and uh, have stuff to read throughout the day. So thanks for listening. As always, everybody, we'll see you guys tomorrow hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today